0: Andrew Barton is a designer, illustrator, and children's book author in Charleston, South Carolina. For more than a decade, he has created logos, illustrations, and branded materials for businesses and organizations as a self-employed graphic designer. In 2021, Andrew wrote and illustrated his second children's book about a Charleston carriage horse named Hayward. He is happily married, has three young kids, and loves F3, running, board games, the mountains, wood-burning fireplaces. And a good audiobook. So, Andrew, welcome to the Born to Fly podcast.
1: Thank you, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm actually really excited because I'm happy to talk to a graphic designer on the show. Uh-huh. We all know that building a business from your creative skills is a bit more challenging than I think building other businesses. So, I'm um, uh, yeah, I'm curious to know where your story starts. And but maybe first start with who you are. Who is Andrew Barton?
1: Who is Andrew Barton? Andrew Barton is a child of God, first and foremost. I'm a husband of 14 years, just coming up on 14 years. I have a great wife and she's a she's a wonderful partner. She is not a creative type, quote unquote. So that's uh, that's interesting um, for us and it works well. Uh, father of three, have three children from ages three to eight, uh, coming up on eight here next week. Oh, wow. And then professionally, I am a graphic designer And most recently, a children's book author. I just, just launched my second children's book last October.
0: Yeah, that's very exciting because you have your graphic design business on one hand. And then there is, yeah, you started creating children's books, which is another like big project that you took on. I wonder how you're all doing that. So so why don't you yeah start sharing about like how you ended up being a graphic designer maybe in the first place and then how you ended up being uh, an author and creator of, of a children's book.
1: Hmm. Okay, yeah, great question. Um, so I st- the first thing I did was try not to be a graphic designer. Really, I when I went to um when I, well first let me start with when I was a kid. I feel like oftentimes what you do when you're adult, you've been doing when you were a ch- you were already doing when you were a child. And so if I look back when I was, you know, eight or nine, I remember making business cards. My dad had like boxes and boxes of his old business cards and I would just turn them over and me and my sisters would make business cards and play store and stuff like that. So the seed was there, but as I sort of got out of high school and went into college, I was, I was really struggling to figure out what to major in. And, um, I, I eventually I landed on, I, in my, in my, in my junior year, I landed on, I will be, uh, I'm going to take some graphic design courses and I finished up my last two years doing that. But when I graduated, I was I wasn't quite. I was a little naive about how art plus, you know, the real world works. And I decided I wasn't. I was. I didn't want to be a graphic designer, so I went to Japan and taught English for a year and a half. That was a great experience. It was. It was a hard time. It's a hard time for me. But but I, I I learned a lot and I enjoyed I enjoyed being there. But the job was terrible, you know, like I'm an introvert and, and I spent a lot of time talking to people, doing small talk. And, you know, I'm good for like an hour or two of that a day, but this was like all day long. So but was, on the side,
0: was like, that what made it a, what made it a hard time?
1: Whew. Well, there was a couple things. It's, it was sort of a, it was kind of a lonely place to live, to be honest with you. It's, it's very hard to integrate um, into society over there. And um, that, that was tough. If I, if I could do it again, I probably would go, I would probably try to live in a smaller village, but I was in a big city and I mostly hung out with a lot of other expats, which is, you know, that's, that's my fault for doing that. But I mean, that was just tough, but,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay.
1: but anyways, on the side there, I was always doing design projects, whether it was, you know, working on my website or doing photography, or I even got, um, I did some design work for a magazine over there didn't end well they didn't like what I did but um, (laughs) I liked the process I liked what I did Um, and uh, so when I came back I was like you know I guess I gotta do I guess I gotta work every week here 40 hours a week what am I gonna do well I guess I'll try to be a designer cobbled together a terrible portfolio but um, called around got some interviews and managed to get a get a trial period at a small company they gave me a shot I worked my butt off and um, I was off to the races
0: and so and then it started So, so you started working as a graphic designer for a company that gave you a chance.
1: Yes. So I think they were were more impressed that I had gone to Japan uh than than they were with my, (laughs) with my, with my work, but they, they they saw that I wanted it. I was hungry. Okay. I really wanted it.
0: Yeah. I think that's most important, you know, that people see that you actually want it.
1: I don't even think I knew Photoshop at that point. Mm -hmm. So I kind of learned that on the job. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't quite get a full graphic design education school. I took a couple entry-level classes and so I, yeah, I was definitely learning on the job.
0: So would you say you need uh, an education in graphic design to be a good graphic designer? or Are you like, no, you can learn it on the job, do a couple courses like you did.
1: I think it's so case by case for every different person. You definitely have to have this. You definitely have to know the tools, I think, or some of the tools, at least not all of them. I guess I would say you probably don't have to have an education, but you do need real world experience. Mm-hmm. I think that's very important. Yeah. It, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't have to be paid experience. It just has to be you're, you know, as a graphic designer, you are creating artwork. Your artwork is a communication device or tool that other people use. And that requires you to be, understand what they're saying and to accomplish their objectives with your, with your creative um, output. And yeah. that takes practice.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think with any skill, Basically, you need to practice stuff, um, yeah. and especially if it's a creative
1: skill. So,
0: okay, so you started with that company, but now you're on your own, right?
1: I'm on my own. Yeah. So, to- when did you transition into that? When? Okay, so I've, I'm coming up on 11 years of being uh, running my own company, Intermart Design, and um, that started basically. I, I worked for a small agency for about three years. And then I worked for a startup company for about a year and a half. And, um, that I, I gave it my all, but that did not end well. They ended up letting me go mm. and, um, which was sort of crushing, but out of that, I just, I decided my wife was a nurse and she was like, well, now's a good time. Why don't you just try to go out on your own? And so I did, we didn't have any kids then. So we, we didn't, you know, overhead was low, lower, <laughs> lower. Yeah. And um, I did, and immediately, I mean, I had a great first year, and I I loved it. I love being my own boss. I'm I'm not. I don't know that I'm the best employee, so it was a good fit in that in that regard. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I got started.
0: Oh, I love it that your wife actually brought up the idea and supported you in in taking that step because it can be totally different if you have a partner, let alone if you have a family with you know with kids. But uh, she's
1: very she's very supportive. She always has been. Good. I'm very blessed. Very blessed in that way. Yeah,
0: you are. Okay, so well, eleven years of having your own company, and then you decided, you know what, I'm bored. Let's let's make a children's book, <laughs> or no, that's not probably the way it went. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: man, well, I wasn't bored, um, but <laughs> I was looking for ways to grow my business, and you know, I've, I'm, i if you're in business for yourself, or you're always looking for ways to grow your business, and I just kept coming up against the I don't know if it's this truth or this reality that you either have to charge more as a designer or you have to um, start building an agency and hire people. And I just, I did, I'm not ready to, I wasn't ready. I'm still not ready to hire people, grow a company. I I like doing the work. I mean, I I love being in there, solving, solving the problems and and doing the actual work. And so I met with a mentor and he, he said, well, you could try developing your own intellectual property. And I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, so he said, like, "Do you have any ideas about that?" And weirdly enough, I, I did. Like immediately when he said that, I was like, "Yeah, I actually do have an idea, and for a children's book." And um, so he said, "Well, that's something you could do." And so that's what I did. You know, I, I reached out to some other people to get some advice, some direction, and um, yeah, just started on that road.
0: So how did you know who to reach out to? Like, did you know anyone who published a children's book before? Or someone who I don't know. Did the illustrations for a children's book. I mean, it sounds like it's so easy, but I can't imagine it's not. I, I feel there's a lot of work to that before you can actually publish a children's book.
1: Yes. Ch- publishing a children's book is not easy. Um, it's definitely, you know, it's like many things. If you knew how high the mountain was going to be when you started climbing it, you probably wouldn't have started climbing it. The first thing I did was reach out to another guy um, in town. I, that uh, had written and published, self published his own children's books, took him out to lunch, you know, just bend his ear. And he was so generous in just telling me his path and how he got there, and even, you know, going so far as to share some some vendors that he used. And the best thing he's told me, the greatest advice he gave me was just right off the bat. And he's like, I tell this to everybody go write a business plan. If you want to do, if you want to launch a new project or a new, uh, if you want to launch a children's book, you need to write a business plan because you're starting a business. If you're self-publishing, mm-hmm. if you're getting published, maybe that's a different story. I don't, I don't know as much about that.
0: Okay. So yeah. you self-published the the children's book.
1: I did. I mm-hmm. did. I self-published.
0: Still. <laughs> I mean, I self-published, but that was not a children's book. It's just, you know, written words, uh, versus sure. like you, you created a story, like you, you illustrated a book. I, I can imagine it's, it's harder to get that done, but I don't but know. I,
1: you, you think it's harder to.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It kind of feels like yeah, I'm just uploading a PDF and that's it.
1: <laughs> oh I don't know. I've I haven't written uh I've written a long book or, or, or not or, or so. So I'm I'm not really sure.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean the thing I can take away from from this and the listeners is you know reaching out to people who've done it before and ask mm-hmm. them, okay, do you have some tips? Like I want to do this. And apparently, you know, you have to, to write a business plan. And I I agree. Yeah, like self-publishing is uh is like starting a, a new business because you know, how to go about it. You have to, you have the creation part, but then there's also, you know, the selling part and marketing and everything.
1: Yeah. It's um, there, there's a lot to it. You're, there's making the artwork and then there's selling it. And those are, they're, they're two different skill, skill sets, really. Yeah. And so, um, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: No, no, no. I I wanted to go back to something you said earlier about um, you were talking to a mentor and that mentor told you to, to take on a project of your own. Um, instead of growing the business. I know there's a lot of emphasis out there on growing your business and then taking on employees and starting your agency. And you specifically chose not to, which I think is admirable. I think that's totally (laughs) normal to do. Like you don't have to build an agency, right? Sure. But would you ever consider building an agency or are you like, no, this is who I am. Like I want to do the work. And I'm happy with where I'm at. Where I'm at.
1: Sure, I would consider it. Um, I, I'm definitely. I just turned forty last year, and it's uh, that was a time to pause and reflect about my career and where I'm going. And I, I'm I'm open. I'm I'm not opposed to uh, considering it. <laughs> I I think for me, I like once I started going down this path of self publishing and really leaning into being an illustrator. And I you know I'm I've always suffered from, you know, the imposter syndrome, not, not feeling like I'm good enough or like I'm faking it or, and, um, but once I started to have a couple of little successes and, and when I started working on my first book, I started getting feedback that was very positive, like w- more positive than, than I typically get from, you know, my graphic design work, different audience, but, um, I mean, like, I, I feel like I was getting glowing, glowing feedback and I was like, wow, this is, this is weird. This feels mm-hmm. weird. I like this. <laughs> you know, we keep doing this. So I'm just, I'm just following that. And, but maybe, maybe one day I will come back and say, I need to start an agency. I mean, I could definitely see the benefits, especially if I think about, you know, I think about being a designer being, uh, I, I almost prefer the term graphic communicator because I'm, I feel like that's a more accurate way to describe what we're doing, mm-hmm. but the purpose of being a good designer, a, a great designer, a great graphic communicator is, um, to basically serve others by getting their message out there. And so maybe at some point I'll realize I've got to hire some people to help me do that. Frankly, I'm, I'm, I'm probably just terrified of that. I'm just scared, you know, mm. to, to even, to even look in that direction. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, because you know, somebody else is going to do the job and you have to trust them. They, they will provide the same quality that you always did. And I can imagine that is a bit scary. It requires trust.
1: Yes. Yes. I'm, that's not uh, that's not one of my, one of my strong points especially when it comes to the creative process trusting trusting other people
0: i think that's kind of like a, a pitfall for a lot of creative people <laughs> you think you do it alone but eventually actually you're not and there are a lot of people who could do the same thing we do we just have our own signature i guess on putting right you know, things in a way that fits. Right. yeah so i wonder you have experience in both sides like you create something mm-hmm out of your own desire, like something you do yourself. And then there is the other part, there is a client and they need to have something done. I don't even know what to ask you, but like, which one do you prefer? Or what is the beauty of the both of them? Or do you need both of them to nourish your creative soul? I don't know.
1: Well, let me, let me back up there. Just uh, when you describe the children's book thing, there's, I, when I wrote my book, it was like, I knew exactly. When I wrote my business plan, I was like, I know who's going to buy this book. I know where I'm going to sell it. And I know what it's going to be about so that um, it can achieve those objectives. So I wrote, I I live in Charleston, South Carolina, and it's a it's a it's a tourist destination. We got tons of tourists coming through here. And so I wrote this book specifically for that market and for people that love this town. And so it was not a passion project. I'm not, I I ever since I was 10 years old, I haven't been dreaming about writing this book Here with the Horse. I love my character, I love the process, I love, love doing the job, I love making the sequel. I could keep going at it, but I don't, it's not still a job. I'm still having to make myself do it. So, but to answer your question, which one do I like better?
0: Or do you need both?
1: Hey, I don't even know if I can answer that question. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if I can answer that question. I, I love, Um. I do love having my own, I mean, I, having my own publishing company or, or, or children's book company and working on that and building that. But I, I don't know if I can answer your question. I, I wish I could.
0: <laughs> no, that's fine.
1: I, I, I like both of them.
0: I'm just thinking about. You know, maybe there's a lot of creative entrepreneurs out there. They actually want to be artists and Uh just create work and sell it versus, you know, also you're very service minded. There there Mm -hmm. are people who need your services and, and you do what they ask you to do. And so I wonder, what would you say to those people who are artists? Do you think they should focus on being solely an artist or would you think that they can still run a business, but you need to have some projects on the side to, to keep motivated or something.
1: So uh, this topic can definitely send me into existential crisis. Cause you know, I I can start going down the rabbit hole of Am I, am I selling out too much? Do I need to be more pure in my art? And I, I don't have a lot of answers when it comes to that. I, I know that everyone's not business minded. I mean, one of my strengths is that I, I am business minded and um, I like making things. I like making projects and making, um, making things for other people and with other people. But I do think no matter what you choose, if you do want to be more of a, you know, quote unquote, you know, pure artist or a fine artist or something like that, that you have to, you have to figure out how your work, especially as a Christian, serves other people. It's not self, it's not solely Mm self-expression. That's part of it. I don't know what the percentage is, but your work has to serve other people somehow.
0: I agree. And I think that's what you also did with, to Hayward the horse you knew who you were riding it for you know right. it was the tourists that come to town and it provides more information I guess on town and, and probably memory as well of when they visit it. Right. so I think that's a very good point that you're pointing out saying that every work that you create has to serve others right you're mm-hmm. serving others with the skill set you've been given by the lord and it should always come down to that so, yes, self-expression is part of probably being an artist, Yeah, but it's not everything.
1: I mean, it, I, I probably should give myself a little more permission just to make, just for fun, you know, just to make for making sake. But I tend to not, when I, you know, and I, I am constantly doodling and drawing, or um, I've been toying with uh, making some board games lately. I'm, I'm, not, uh, <laughs> I'm not good <laughs> at it. But um, I'm always playing, you know, and exploring because I feel like, a lot of good things always come out of that time. You know, you spend time in your sandbox and you learn something, then you take it to a real project or something that's more serious. Um, I lost my train of thought there. What was I saying there?
0: I thought it was interesting. You were telling about how you play around with an experience with new things. And I wonder if it's something you do on a regular basis. like if it's something that's part of your workflow.
1: Yes. Oh, um, I do give myself permission to do that. But oh, I remember what I was going to say, uh- <laughs> when I, <laughs> oftentimes when I am, making things for myself or doing something I don't quite value them as much as if I'm making something for someone else and then they like it I don't know maybe I just need that feedback from them Hmm. (laughs) that this is good you know
0: interesting that's interesting because it could also be about your own confidence in the things that you make
1: yeah I I definitely definitely have room to improve in that area for sure
0: because I actually think you know, you know that what you do is good because you run a successful business in in graphic design and then you self-publish the book and people are buying it. So it, it, I would be surprised if you're doing something, I will be totally not good. <laughs> the opinion of others matter, but mm-hmm. I wonder how much they should matter in, in work that you create. I think it, part of the process in, in your creative process is the Holy Spirit as well, who's guiding huh. you and helping you with the things you have to do. So
1: How do you discern that? Or how does that work out on your day-to-day creative efforts?
0: That's a good question. It's funny because I'm reading this Bible plan about, you know, creative calling and stuff. And it was about the Holy spirit and that, Mm -hmm. you know, God is the creator and a lot of people are creators as well. It doesn't matter if you're on the artistic side of things, but let's say you are then, uh, and you, you go back to the Bible in Exodus when Bezalel the mm-hmm. one who first got the Holy Spirit mentioned in the Bible, who was the one who needed to um, to build a tabernacle and, and yeah. design it and decorate it. I thought it was very interesting. So he got the Holy Spirit and then he was able to like do everything and got, huh. get everything together. So if I apply it to my life, it means that I have to be aware that when I start my work, that I pray first. Like I'm not doing this alone. It's not uh-huh. me who's doing everything. It's a joint effort and it should always be. I don't know if that answers your question, but sure. that was an eye opener for me, and that I'm always able to do something if if I'm been told to do something if God calls me to write a book Perhaps. or pray
1: to... pray before you start working and pray about your projects. Yeah, I I, I like that.
0: Yeah, I think it's very important. And I
1: mm-hmm.
0: for my first novel when I was writing that one, for me it was really I was co writing it. Like I kind of felt mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit was just inside and telling me, okay, this is good. <laughs> Keep on going. Maybe we should take the, nice. the story in this direction, which was a very nice experience to, to have. I'd That's say. wonderful. So what would be your advice for other graphic designers or illustrators or creators who want to have a successful creative business?
1: If you want to have a successful business, uh, being a, a designer or a creative, I think, first of all, you got to know the tools. You know, you got to be able to do the work. Or in my case, you just have to really find someone that will hire you because you really <laughs> want to do the work, um, and then you need to get real world experience, like I said before, and that could be anything from you know volunteering at your church or you know any volunteer organization, doing a game jam, just doing something where you're working with other people and and you have to bend, you have to sacrifice your vision in order to achieve the objectives, you know, because um, that will teach you to be a better better designer. The last thing I'd say is get out there and network. That's something that's really worked for me. I I know that's not the answer for everybody, but that is one thing that I, um, I dreaded at first, but once I started doing it, um, it got, became very natural and now it's now I enjoy it, you know? And I believe that when we get out there and meet people, especially face-to-face magic happens. It's crazy. Just little, it's crazy. You know, I was at a book signing the other day and this is a really weird thing that happened. I, I don't, I don't know how to describe this, but this woman came up to me and she, she read the plaque that was in front of me. And she said, um, it said, you know, my name. And she said, are you Andrew Barton? And I said, I said, yeah, are you, I can't remember what her name was, but I I said, are you Carol? Just, I just came up with the first name that came off my head. She said, yeah, I am. So how'd you know that? And I was like, I don't know. I just said that. And it was, it was weird. I, it really freaked her out, but turns out we ended up talking and, and she knows someone that writes similar kind of historical slash local kind of books down in Florida. And she connected me with that person. And then I, you know, for a you know, week, two weeks later, I'm on a zoom with that lady. And she's really, you know, she's on my journey, but she's, you know, 20 years ahead of me and her, her, her advice and help is, is invaluable. And I was weird, you just get out there and meet people. And I, I don't like to do it. I, I dread it. Um, Sorry, not the networking part, but uh, sometimes getting out there, promoting the book. Mm. It's, it feels like work, you know? Yeah. But I don't, I guess I don't dread it. I shouldn't say that. Sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's work. I'll just say that. Um, but good things almost always happen, I think, when people get together in person.
0: Agreed. Okay. So get the right tools, get experience, uh, go network. So, what made it change for you that you actually like or are okay with networking now? Because I know it's, it, it can be like it takes a lot of time, especially yeah. you have to go somewhere physically. We're now so used to like doing everything online and, you know, it's so easy, but if you have to go somewhere and then talk to people and you have the awkward silence and you're standing there in your corner, you're like, who am I going to talk to?
1: It's been a while since I've been in the networking game. So it's hard to remember what it was like at first. Cause I do remember in in the beginning, I was like, this is so weird. I mean, like we are people here. Everyone's just trying to force themselves to talk about nothing, you know, Mm -hmm. but the thing I, I, I think two things, one is just, if you can get into the mindset of, you're not there for an immediate gain, you're there to invest and learn and meet people. And so, if you express interest in them, it's interesting. You'll 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 start learning things and you'll stop you'll you'll stop thinking about yourself and how awkward you feel, and it will become more natural. Uh, practice practice makes perfect in that in that regard. You know, so the more you do it, the easier it will get. That was really helpful to me, especially early on in my business, is. I got on the board for like, you know, so I, I was, I was pretty involved with the American marketing association for a while. It was, it was a pretty active in my town. And so I got on the board, you know, and once you're on the board, you know, you're somebody, you know, your name gets listed on the the programs and you have more meetings and suddenly you start meeting people and you start developing friendships. And you know, before you know, it, it's not, it's not weird. You walk into the room and people say, Hey Andrew, or Hey Jane, you know? And um, so I highly recommend If you're, if you're serious about your business networking and getting on, getting on the board to be in leadership, even if you're just helping in a small role.
0: And also what you were saying about going to a network event and not forcing your services on, on other people or trying to gain something immediately, but going there and being, just being interested in other people and hear what they're Mm -hmm. doing. And maybe you can help them out in a way, instead of, okay, who's going to be my client Mm -hmm. scanning around the room and thinking, okay, that's a person I need. I think that makes a huge difference.
1: Yeah. Like I have one event I go to every week and it's just something on my schedule. I don't move and I just go, it's just, it's a practice.
0: Mm -hmm. So Andrew, is there, was there something you on your list that you wanted to share before we go to the last
1: question? If I was looking back at myself, you know, when I was 22, actually maybe more like 24, when I was just entering the workforce or when I was just deciding that I wanted to become a designer, the idea of going from unemployed, not, not not a great portfolio to being a real quote unquote, real graphic designer just seemed, it just seemed impossible. That seemed like an impossible leap. And somehow, you know, I, I trusted God just kept working, kept just trying to do the best I could and little by little, you get little wins along the way and then little wins turn into bigger wins. And before you know it, you can be at your goal, you know? And if I look back at it now, you know, once, you know, once you attain something, you feel like you've always had that and you've always had the confidence that comes along with having that. But if I, if, if I can go back and just try to remember what it was like before I knew I was going to be a self, a graphic designer, much less a self-employed graphic designer for over 10 years, uh, I would be astounded. So mm-hmm. trust God and keep going.
0: Trust God. I think that's very important and it might be hard along the way, but as you said, you know, eventually you get there and you, you don't even remember how it was when you just started.
1: It's, it's crazy, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, I don't like, have your experience yet. Well,
1: in your but, own, I mean, writing a, doing your podcast, I'm sure the, on the first couple episodes, you're like, oh boy. Uh, oh, yeah. Something. Now you're like, now you're like a pro.
0: <laughs> Almost. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I know what you mean. Totally. Like the first episode was like, oh, so nervous. And you're like, I don't know what I have to say. Am I doing this right? I'm asking the right questions. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But it comes down to like practice. You practice. To, yeah yeah practice. you'll get there and you, especially if you're a graphic designer build a portfolio or a graphic communicator i like that word
1: it's not so a, it's, not, it's not quite a sexy graphic communicator but
0: i don't know it's kind of clear it's clear more clear than graphic designer i'd say hmm. but it might maybe be me because that english is my second language so
1: yeah hmm. interesting
0: anyways so uh andrew if people are interested in knowing more about you or the work you do where can they go
1: AndrewBartonCreative.com. B as in boy. B-A-R-T-O-N. AndrewBartonCreative.com.
0: Yeah, and I'll link it in the podcast description, and then you find a very interesting sign up. Well, what is it? Like a sign up button for your newsletter? I just like it. I went through the whole like sequence of re- rejecting it.
1: <laughs> I, I I appreciate your um appreciate your feedback on that. I put a lot of time into that. I don't know if it was. That was playtime. I don't know if that was effective use of my time, but um, <laughs> that's on my design website. Um, yeah. You can get there through that link I just sent you. You can get there. Through
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll link it as well. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking your time to be on this podcast and sharing your story. I hope it will be, it was ins- inspirational for others. And uh, yeah, reach out to Andrew if you have more questions, I think.
1: Jane, thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to the Born to Fly podcast. If you liked it, please leave a review on Google podcast or Apple podcast. And don't forget to share it with your friends. If you'd like to know more about Born to Fly, go to borntofly.faith. There you can discover our How to Find Your Calling course and a community for like-minded entrepreneurs. Looking forward to having you back next time.